1: how do you
0: not hear that?
1: Blog Talk Radio Lucas Trust He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson.
0: Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself, and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, the roots of desire. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. The Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show the following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey underlying the entire psychological problem of humanity lies that major attitude towards life which we call desire (laughs) all lesser problems stem from this basic urge Why is desire such a basic conditioning force in life?
1: I'm not sure, but it seems from um, what I read and study about it that it's um, a major, compelling, driving urge that lies behind just about everything that occurs on the outer planes. A lot that is mobilized by desire probably isn't easily traced back to desire. We might think it's... Uh, something that's happening because we've had a bright idea, or events have um, uh, acted together synchronistically to bring about uh, something. But in fact, if you really examine the forces bringing about the conditions you're in, quite often they trace right back to desire, because desire is the major... Uh, expression, the major factor of the emotional realm of life, and that's where most human beings are found.
2: Right, that's where a, a lot of the trouble lies, because uh, focus is in that emotional nature, and that's where desires is the strongest. But it does have uh, deeper roots than that, because it is... Um, uh, a factor even at the level of the soul because <clears throat> the desire of the soul is to come into the world and experience the world in manifestation.
1: For its own plan and purpose.
2: Yes, and uh, uh, for it, for its own plan and purpose, for its own experience that it gains by being exposed to the... Uh, to all the five senses that are necessary to uh, make one's way through the world. And uh, so th- there is this basic urge of the soul to undergo uh, this the uh, law of re- rebirth and to undergo life after life after life in a physical form. So uh, we are... Uh, uh, are just a product of that basic urge, but of course we (coughs) work it out mostly on the um, emotional level.
1: But the fact that we are here living in um, human form on earth for 90, 100 years at at the most is uh, because the soul had the desire to incarnate. So obviously this suggests that desire spans many levels. I think it was Freud who attributed everything in human nature, every compulsion, every desire to sex. He thought everything originated out of the force or drive of sex. Other psychologists have said it's more um, diversified than that. But it's essentially the expression of the wish life of humanity, we could call it, the aspirational, dreaming, imaginary imaginary. Uh, aspirational, want, want, want life that uh, so many people fantasize about rather than um, really focusing on reality. And all these longings and wishes and everything that people do to fulfill their urges and their desires takes up most of their life and their energy. It's all-consuming for a lot of us. And they don't even realize that it's possible to live without this driving force of desire, and in fact to live more happily and more clear-headedly, we could say.
2: But uh, following one's urges and desires does have its learning uh, process. Yes. Uh, One goes through this drive for satisfaction of some kind, uh, and um, eventually... One becomes satiated mm-hmm. by this drive because you realize that uh, you never attain what the emotional body wants, which is constantly to be fed more and more and more.
1: some great thinkers said men learn by means of evil that good is best that's right. what you're saying
2: yeah, in a way yes, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's constantly uh <coughs> being being seeking for something, whether it's uh the next level up on the ladder of success, or at your job, or the next, uh, uh, the bigger house, or the bigger car, or the more objects in the house of, uh, that one desires. So it, it's, it's constantly, constantly being bombarded by um, these desires world around you.
1: Even, um, we could say on a national level, most of the New World was settled by people who had a desire for something in life that they couldn't find in their old environment, and they went through incredible hardships, incredible self-denial and suffering to seek out this new life in what they called the New World. in, in some ways, it, it can be quite inspiring to see the lengths people will go to when mobilized by desire.
2: Well, yes, at, at a certain stage in one's evolutionary journey, let's say, of the soul, I think seeking desire, one's desires is, is desirable. It is called for. It is meant to be. But uh, as, as I think you mentioned before about the prodigal son, you reach a point where uh, you become uh, satiated by mm-hmm. all the husks of the world that you're experiencing, and you want to leave all that behind. And,
1: and his um, his father wisely let the prodigal son go to the very end of his tether. He didn't stop him prematurely. The son went to the point of fulfilling his di- desires until he reached, as you say, the point of satiation. Only then did he sober up and say, I will arise and go to my father. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what it takes. You have to spend every ounce of energy you've got and every ounce of uh, creative imagination to attain what you desire until you find it, it It really doesn't fulfill.
2: And this is the great lesson that the soul is learning and that the, the incarnated soul, the, the person in the personality body, these are the great lessons that we are learning, and uh, it takes all this pain and suffering to go through just to uh, realize that this is not the way <laughs> for to success or to uh, it's not the way to heaven.
1: And say. and some of us are slow learners. I think that's why it said, um, "Be careful what you ask for; you might get it," hmm. because hmm. desire is in its essence an attractive kind of magnetic force if you really 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 want something over a long period of time and you sustain that desire and do everything you can to attain it very likely you will Uh, but it may not be exactly what your soul has in mind and therefore the saying be careful what you ask for you might get it we have to learn through Seeing the outcome of what we have um, oriented all our forces, all our powers uh, towards. That's a poorly constructed sentence. But what's so interesting about desire is that as I study the ageless wisdom on it, it seems to be, as Alice Bailey said, a generic term for the outgoing tendency of spirit towards form life. The outgoing tendency of spirit towards form life. Spirit and matter are the two opposite polarities. Spirit needs matter to experience um, on the material planes of existence. Matter is, at its most um, basic level, uh, an expression of spirit. And they are two polarities of one life. But, the outgoing impulse of spirit to experience um, life in form is an expression of desire. Everything that we desire is really looking out at the world of form apart from oneself and saying, I want that, I want that, I want that. It isn't with me now, I don't have it now, it doesn't dwell within me, it's out there and I want that.
2: That's all part of what they call the not-self. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the self, the self within, the spiritual self, and then everything else in the manifested world re- represents the not-self. And it's this desire for the not-self that um, gets one into trouble.
1: And if you think about it, the, the things that you most desire in life all lie without you, outside yourself, in the world somewhere, in on some plane, some level, in some... Set of circumstances or some level of being—that's where the 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 object of your desire exists, and that's the great illusion of life, according to the Buddha. The real reality is the that everything we need exists within ourselves. That all that we have, all that we need to move forward in consciousness, to approach reality with a capital R, to return to God, however you put it. All that you need is within yourself. It isn't out there. And that's the the fallacy of thinking desire is going to uh, help us attain what we need. That's why there is a point in the spiritual path where one achieves a state of desirelessness. You have to strive toward that state because then you turn within. Then you look within your soul for the resources you need to move forward in your spiritual evolution. You're no more drawn out on the byways of pleasure and pain, which is where desire leads. You are centered in yourself, And um, that's a fairly advanced stage of the path, but I think the more we can develop a clarity of understanding about why that is a good thing, uh, the more likely we are to move forward toward that goal.
0: For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, The Roots of Desire. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company today, and that's the Alice Bailey book entitled The Soul. The quality of life. The soul, the quality of life, is a compilation of extracts from the 24 books of Alice Bailey. Now, in essence, what the soul, the quality of life, uh, contains, well, the soul, more or less the essence of it is that the soul, the higher self, or individuality is the guiding force within every human being through the law of rebirth or reincarnation, The soul returns to manifestation, life after life, for purposes of service to the plant. The Alice Belly book, The Soul, The Quality of Life, is available for $16, and you'll get a discount on it. The discount comes in the form of free shipping and handling, but in order to get the book for $16, what you need to do is that you have to mention, maybe a little note saying that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. That's our show. So, send a check or money order to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. So, once again, what you need to do to take advantage of this offer is to ask for The Soul, The Quality of Life, available for $16. Send a check or a money order, $16, to Lucis Publishing. Lucis is L U C I S. Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And once again, uh, to get the discount, I mentioned that you heard about the offer on InnerSite. <clears throat> All of our InnerSite programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. It's www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. Uh, what you need to do if you'd like to get in contact with us for any reason, uh, if you'd like a general package of information uh, explaining what Luce's Trust is, well, the most frequently asked question, is it a religion? No, you keep your religion and and uh, you'll find out that this is uh, more or less of a uh, spiritual philosophy organization. Uh, uh, there's people from many, many backgrounds, religious backgrounds, who uh, read the Alice Bailey books. But if you'd like to contact us, give us a call on our toll-free number, one 695 8247 That's one 695 8247 The easy way to remember it, one ny lucis Think of one New York lucis LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. You know, sir, I had a different question in mind, but I was so intrigued by what you said earlier, that the ultimate, more or less the idea that I got, uh, the conclusion that I came to, maybe I drew that conclusion from what you said, but what I understand is that you said that the ultimate uh, pinnacle of evolution is when the individual realizes that all that one could possibly desire is within the self already. That's a cryptic remark, but very intriguing. Could you more or less make another comment, clarify it further maybe?
1: Well I'll try but I think um, the more correct word would be all that one needs mm-hmm. is within oneself in other words all that you need to move forward in consciousness I'm not going to say in forward in happiness because that's an ephemeral quality of the separated personality essentially but all that you need to move forward in consciousness, in spiritual understanding and wisdom is found within yourself, it doesn't lie out there in a set of cir- circumstances like a better home, a better job, a new uh, partner, uh, a vacation in Tahiti, uh, more beauty, more money. None of that is going to help you, and none of that will um, salve your your hunger, which is essentially spiritual, whether you know it or not. The hunger that drives us is for a return to our source. I think essentially that's really what mobilizes us and keeps us uh, feeling adrift because we have this mistaken illusion that we are separated, independent, isolated beings and uh, the fact is that we are all expressions of a unity of one life. And until we can experience that, we're not going to be really content. And the only way we can experience that is by turning within. That's why the Buddha's Four Noble Truths are so essential and so correct. He said they include that we should cease to identify with material things or desires. We're not going to find happiness in that way. We should gain a proper sense of values... In other words, recognize what is real and lasting and worth living for and what is not. And we should stop regarding possessions and things as of major importance. And finally, we should follow the Noble Eightfold Path of Right Relations, which begins with right values and culminates in right happiness. This was the essence of his teaching about overcoming desire. Christ supplemented that by saying that we have to live For the good of our neighbor, Mm -hmm. love thy neighbor as thyself, he said. And he said, whoever would find me must lose his life for my sake. The only way to uh, satiate our spiritual hunger is to live for the good of others, to love and serve. The wisdom and the teaching of these two beings really holds the key to overcoming desire, I think. It's not easy.
2: Right, and uh, the whole emphasis on service is one of the uh, main uh, avenues for uh, overcoming the desire, overcoming the power mm-hmm. of desire. It, is, it will always be some desire, but uh, whether it's how it's turned and how it's used, and uh, that, that really is the key because desire is... is inherent in in the soul itself it's inherent in God for that matter Uh, God created this world uh, out of a desire for whatever purpose he has in mind but there was a certain desire well it's not the same desire that we feel here in this physical body but uh, there is this factor of desire that runs through all all of manifestation and uh, the liberation from the manifested world. And that's essentially what the Buddha and the Christ are trying to tell us.
1: Alice Bailey said that the two methods of release from the power of desire are service and obedience uh, to the light within. Just as you say, service releases one from one's own thought life and one's own deriving personal will And obedience means obedience to the soul, which begins with obedience to one's conscience. That's the earliest step, that voice within that we should listen to far more than we probably do. And on a higher level, obedience to the guiding, directing power of the soul, which always directs one towards the group, towards the larger whole, never towards self-fulfillment, Uh, never toward um, a goal that would lead one to stand apart from the whole. The soul's goal is always to merge with the whole in consciousness, in full awareness.
2: And this is at that point when one begins to realize that and and follow a life of service, then uh, other spiritual laws come into play here, and one of them is called the law of repulse. One begins to repulse or or to uh, develop an attitude towards that which is not desirable and uh, as a way of gaining release from the powers of uh, the material things that we that were holding us as, as before
1: are you speaking about the um, experience probably many of us have of Reaching a stage where things that used to satisfy and be pleasurable no longer meet that, uh, that uh, level of satisfaction?
2: Yes, I think when you do reach that point. <clears throat> um, and at that point, there is something set up inside of you that says, I don't want this anymore, I don't need this anymore. And so you begin to push it away. And uh, following a life of service which is a way of directing your energies outward and away from your little self uh, is is probably the key way of of affecting that repulsion.
1: Yeah, we're not talking about suppression. I don't think suppression really works with overcoming desire. Some people try that path. Uh, Even on something so simple as losing weight, suppression doesn't work. It might work for five days, seven days, and then you eat everything in the cupboard. Uh, Suppression has a kind of a boomerang effect. But reorientation, redirection of one's attention and of one's goals, that does work. That's choosing new objects uh, for one's um, concentration and focus, isn't it?
2: Yes, and it usually leads to a more simplified life. You're not so... um, so uh, surrounded and imprisoned by all these things and uh, one desires a more simplified life uh, whatever that form that may take but uh, that is also um, the next kind of the next stage on the path on the upward path towards the father's home
1: I think something that's important to point out in this discussion of desire is that all human beings live in a sea of desire the whole world and everything within it is swimming in astral or emotional uh, matter. And we are all constantly uh, inundated by currents of what we could call human desire and world desire that are created by all the The imaginary Dreaming wish life Of so many human beings And probably of the lower kingdoms too That um, Are swirling On the emotional plane And it's very hard to keep one's Focus Uh, I think that's why it's so hard to deal with Desire, we're dealing not only with our Own individually created desire But with uh, That of our fellow men And I think this it's what makes advertising so successful and such a powerful medium. They are working in that realm with great skill to manipulate us as if we were a bunch of marionettes.
2: Well, yes, I mean, there, there is a kind of uh, a group, um, emotional, a big thought form that everybody is tied into, and uh, it's very difficult to work your way out of it or not be affected by it because uh, it is a very strong, emotional, desirous thought form that, as you say, is is produced by uh, a tremendous impact of advertising.
1: Another way to overcome desire is through meditation, because meditation creates an alignment of the individual with his soul and with the group and with the larger whole. And that brings about an ending of selfishness and self-centeredness, which are the factors that most feed desire. Alice Bailey pointed out that the soul has no individual destiny, nothing that it wants for for itself. The goal of the soul is merging with the whole and the working out of the plan. And so the more one meditates and creates an alignment with the soul, the more one can become freed from desire. There's a beautiful passage from Alice Bailey that I think should give us hope. She said to continue on the upward way with heart detached and free, and yet to do this while performing right action through right habit and right desire with all those with whom our lot is cast. And to stand free whilst surrounded, and to work in the subjective world while remaining active in the outer world of human affairs, to achieve true detachment while rendering to all that which is due. This is a very fine balance, but those words give us the, the image that we can live for and strive for in our spiritual development.
0: Please take advantage of the special offer from Luce's Publishing Company and that's the Alice Bailey book, The Soul, The Quality of Life. The Soul, The Quality of Life is a compilation of extracts from the 24 books of Alice Bailey. And if I were to sum it up, which is hard to do, the essence of the book is about the soul, the higher self, or individuality, and that that higher individuality is the guiding force within every human being. Through the law of rebirth or reincarnation, the soul returns to manifestation life after life for purposes of service to the plan. So please send a check or money order, $16, to Lucis Publishing, L U C I S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to In Your Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words.
1: From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth.